0: Adult Children of Alcoholics is a 12-step program of recovery for people who grew up in an alcoholic or otherwise dysfunctional home. If you'd like to find a meeting to attend, go to adultchildren.org and click on Meetings. This week we're hearing a recording from back in December before the lockdown from Betsy who spoke about the effects of trauma. Please enjoy. Can you give me a five minute and then a one minute? Thank you. I'm Betsy and I'm I'm an alcoholic. I'm a child of an alcoholic and I'm an incest survivor. And I I went to my first ACOA meeting in 1984 and it totally changed the trajectory of my life. I've been sober for 37 years, oh thank you. and you know that obviously was the first light bulb moment. Um, and I, I'll, I'll tell you that I, you know, they looked great on the outside, but um, I was in so much pain that I decided, and I, I couldn't even articulate. I mean, I was an only child. My parents divorced when I was four. I saw my father maybe once a year. I wasn't aware that something had happened which would profoundly change me. Um, my, uh, my mother w- went into total trauma because she, all she did was ask my father for a separation. And after 11 years of marriage, six weeks later, he had divorced her and married someone else. Um, he was a professor at Caltech. He was an Africanist and he married uh, a woman that he, probably was having an affair with in South Africa. Ten years later, so I saw him once a year. Um, ten years later, I remember I my mother answered the phone and she started screaming in this unholy voice. And it was my father calling her and telling her that he had just found his wife's body. She'd committed suicide in the garage. Um, And he said, I've got to get out of the country, put Betsy on a plane. I've got to meet her in 24 hours in Jamaica. I was 14. I didn't know this man, and I had never even been out of the country. So when I met him, what I know now is that's an incredible thing for a virtually child to experience. You feel like I felt like I had his sanity in my hands. And mm-hmm. he dealt with it in a bizarre way by saying... W- he had booked in a honeymoon you know, resort in Jamaica. And he said, you know what? People here cannot tell whether you are my daughter or my wife. You know, just ego, whatever, that a young wife or... Who even knows out of grief, right? I actually do believe now that my father was molested when he was younger. But, you know, I was uncomfortable about that. But um, And I remember he turned to me and said... Um, He asked me how his hair was. He was a narcissist. How is my hair in the back? And I said, and he said, Elizabeth always told me how my hair hair was. And he said, I just want to warn you, I'm going to be remarried in five months. And he was to somebody just nine years older than me. So all this was, uh, also he did very bizarre things. He wanted to give me the car she committed suicide in. He sent me all her clothes. Very bizarre things. My mother went crazy and... It was now I know, now I know, that, my, that I felt that um, my, my mother, who said she never got over him, she still loved him, um, that um, I was supposed to go there and bring him back, back to mommy. Um, and I failed, you know, all this I think, you know, but I had no idea what was going on at the time. I only know that um, I went to college and I was absolutely terrified of men and that's when I you know, started drinking. To even let them get near me, I had to be drunk. And uh, then I went to junior year abroad in Scotland, and the moment I got there, of course everybody was just very different, and uh, we went to the pub, And I just immediately said, oh, my God, I have a chance to be a different person and escape this pain in this country. I'm going to stay here and become British. And um, I did. I did. And uh, I lived there for seven years. Um, God was good, and I married a a lovely, lovely person. Um, He had no idea what was going on with me, and neither did I. Of course, I drank like I didn't drink at all compared to my compatriots when I began. But when I ended, right, um, I by the time I left Britain, and I, you know, within a couple years, I had had, because, you know, it didn't cut it, even though he was this marvelous guy and was uh, incredibly smart doing his PhD in Cambridge, and I was commuting into London, and I was incredibly driven. I had like two assistants at Macmillan by the time I was like 24. But you know, to actually just like be people able to take me, I had to have some drinks, you know, when I got home. I was just that, boom, boom. And um, so, and then of course, you know, that didn't fix it. I'm I, being formerly British. I I know exactly where. I know exactly where, you know, Megan is, Megan and Harry, you know. It just doesn't cut it. Even if you marry the prince and, you you know, you're planned to take over the world, you know, and you have trauma, it just doesn't work. It doesn't work that way. So, of course, I had affairs. I uh, got pregnant and had a secret abortion. I had near-fatal car crashes and on and on and on. So, anyway, I came to America and... Uh, with a man, always a man. You know, I was young and beautiful, and I used it to the hilt. And um, I actually married him, and, you know, I told him, I don't love you. And he said, maybe you'll come to love me. And I said, no, I won't. But, you know, he was willing to take me to America and try it. So anyway, <laughs> so I did leave him. And... Um, then the day came when I was talking to my, oh, I know, the girl where I worked. I, to, I want to speed it up. Suffice it to say that my father once on the phone, I said to him, you haven't stopped drinking because you had malaria. You stopped drinking because you've been to AA. Because I went there to do a story, and I heard the serenity prayer, and you once, he said, good, I'm glad you've been to AA because you're an alcoholic and you can never drink again. This is not considered the way to 12-step people. <laughs> but It worked. Of course, I hated him, and I, you know, whatever. But slowly, slowly, I mean, oh, by the way, so I got sober, and I cut off with him. Oh, what I forgot to tell you was, um, I was always, he always said, stay over in London. And, um, because, you know, it's two hours each way from Cambridge to London. And I always said, no, 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 that's okay, that's okay. And he said, what do you mean you're going to get home at like four in the morning and turn around and come back? No, 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 no. But then my um, disease progressed to the point where I literally was so, my drunkenness, I could not have gotten on the train. And so I did stay that night in the hotel with him, and he jumped on me. Basically, technically, he raped me, but, um, and I saw myself go up into the corner of the room. I literally disassociated and looked down on myself. I don't know if this is true or not, but what I remember was saying to him, Daddy, Daddy, it's not, how, uh, it, it's not that I don't want to. It's that I'm worried about how you'll feel in the morning. Mm. And um, all this time until actually this year, I have to tell you that I've been studying trauma and working with people that have trauma and been through an NIH study on trauma, very intense. Um, and so I now know a lot about trauma. But even so, the information that is there, that is so vital, is stuck up in academia. It is not getting down to those of us who need it. And I would say, in my complete opinion, that you would be amazed how many people here have trauma. And there are very specific things about trauma, which are different than anything else. And the laundry list doesn't touch it and i you know i want to start meetings that tell more about trauma for instance the very nature of trauma and i won't go into the evolutionary reasons but the very nature of trauma is that you immediately hide it you immediately feel that you were responsible for it you immediately feel that you're bad and it goes into your unconscious and the voice in my head, you know, all my life, even before that happened, was, I am bad. I am bad. It was just the voice in my head, even if I wasn't conscious of it. And everything I did had to do with either proving I'm not bad, being terrified it would show that, I'm not, that I am bad, and this was basically it. And I brought it all down to this. So in terms of tools, I have to say, I'm very studying neural feedback now because they're finding out these are loops, especially trauma loops. And so I know the reason I got sober and the reason other 12-step programs work is because we lay down neurofeedback of going to a meeting every day, and I must, I must go to meetings, I must speak to other people, or I, have, I don't have any hope in heck of realizing that I'm not bad. As an alcoholic, you know, they taught me really simple things, like it's a disease that tells you you don't have a disease. I cut off with my father the moment I got sober. I am a survivor of the AA bullshit, Um, and it's just, you know, oh, my God, five minutes. Um, Suffice it to say that uh, I love AA. I mean, it's the beginning of everything for us, but the 12 steps were written by a trauma survivor. Number four, made a fearless and searching moral inventory of ourselves. This is trauma talk. He, he, I mean, I won't go into his trauma. That doesn't work for me, and it never did. And people would tell me, well, you have to forgive your father, this and this and this, and I want to be really crude about this. I heard all this bullshit. And uh, you know what? Those people, I have stepped over their bodies. In 37 years. I'm not BSing, I've stepped over their bodies. It doesn't work. Anyway, as far as the trauma is concerned, I finally, and so even in the last year, it's become deeper and deeper and deeper. So number one, I always felt, well, you know, he was like a stranger who attacked you. Why didn't you fucking kill him? Why didn't you kill him? You know, it ruined the rest, you know? And the reason was, Trauma, I went into absolute, it's not just fight or flight, it's freeze. It's complete freeze. That is the oldest um, autonomic nervous system response. When you think something is life and death, which that kind of thing that happened to me is, you absolutely freeze. That goes back millions of years before mammals were even on this earth, that that's what they did, and we still have that. We have, you know, three parts of the brain, and, you know... I'm very into the neuroscience and I write about it and I tell people about it because you could tell me to tell to, you're blue in the face that it wasn't your fault, Betsy. I still felt I was implicated because I didn't kill him. But I now know I was completely paralyzed and I did what I could do, which was talk him out of it. Well, I've gone on to have... Um, I, I had no idea I had trauma until I turned around and said, Wow! That's a heck of a statistic. Out of my last three boyfriends, two of them had wives that dropped dead in front of them. And that is the first moment I began to believe that something might be up, because after all, I stayed sober. Oh, I should say, by going to ACOA, I never would have, they made me go to Columbia and become a journalist. All I could think of for myself was just, I don't know, I don't want to be insulting, but you know, some bullshit. And um, they literally, you know they literally, you know, told me, you must go. And I said, How do you know I am? No, 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 I'm not, I'm not, I'm stupid, I'm stupid. You talk like a writer, you're going to go. And it was a very intense ACOA group that I we met twice a week. Then what happened in ACOA, and I've heard the stories of how it happened, people started screaming in the rooms. This is nineteen eighty four, people that were there back then and throwing things. I sat there, and I had no idea. I was traumatized, but all I knew was, no, 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 I'm not going back there. Hmm. And I would have had a completely different life if I could have kept going to ACOA. But whatever, I mean, I, I did. But now I know, it must be nearly time, but now I know, if I want to know, because what I have done with these men, and although I do have, I've been in a relationship for 17 years now, Um, And uh, I, if you want to know, he's 21 years younger than me, and he's Russian. But guess what? He, too, had a father that divorced his mother, brought someone from a foreign country to live here, and she, too, committed suicide. What's the statistics on that? We have the same. I didn't even know that. But it's like, how is it possible this person that's so afraid of abandonment dared You know, to be in relationship with someone 21 years younger. Well, it's because we... And you can call it the trauma bond, and it definitely is. But now I know, too. Listen, there's incredible post-traumatic growth. I know that I have superpowers because of my trauma. I know it. I mean, I just feel it. I know it. I have intuition. I'm very... And, you know, what I have to do is to work on the, the downside, the weaknesses. Not weaknesses, but you know, whatever you want to call it. But no matter what, and this is what I finally want to say, keeping it simple, whatever goes through my mind, I say, but I'm not bad, but I'm not bad. And I always can pick apart that whatever complicated thing I'm thinking comes back to me feeling I'm bad. I'm not bad. And that simple message just like what is changing everything to do with my trauma, just like the simplicity of don't drink and go to meetings was what worked in AA. Not forgiving your father. No. It was a meeting every day and don't drink. And now it's ACOA constantly, and I'm not bad. Whatever thought goes in my mind, I ask myself that, and I immediately can... un cover what's going on. Thank you.